Well, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, I don't know if you guys know it, but you all are pretty awesome. And the reality is, is that moms are, are incredible. Moms are truly remarkable. That's what I've titled this message this morning is moms are remarkable because uh, you ladies are awesome. And I think about uh, everything that moms do and I'm just blown away. You know, the one thing is, is they love. I think that one of the closest things that we can see in this world to how Christ loves us is to watch how a mom loves her child. Moms love their children in, in such a, a self-sacrificing way. They're, they're willing to give up anything for their kids. And they're willing to, to do anything to protect their children. And it really is a beautiful picture of love that we see moms have for their children. And I know that I watch my own wife, I watch Michelle, and she loves our kids in ways that I can't even comprehend. Now, the truth is, is that I love my children. I love my children with all my heart. And I wouldn't say that she loves them more than me, but I would say probably in many ways... I don't think that I love them like she does. She somehow, she, she, she loves them better, if that's a, a word that I can use. Because she thinks of things that I don't even think about. She treats them in ways that, that I wouldn't even uh, come up with, you know. And, and, and she's certainly selfless with them. And, and I don't think Michelle's unique as far as mothers go. I think every mother is like that with their children. The other thing I've noticed about moms is that they are super strong. Now, this is, this is for real. So when, when we had Blake, my wife could throw him up on her hip. She would hold him. And she could just go about her day like he wasn't even there. And this is after you know a full day at work. After doing the whole thing, she's tired. And still, she could pick that kid up and do everything she needed around. I would hold a kid for like three minutes and my arms getting tired and my back's getting sore. And, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I think moms have special baby muscles because I don't have them. And in and, and, and many ways, like I just don't get how it works. My wife is so much stronger in that area than I am for sure. Another thing that uh, I think is amazing about moms is the sacrifices that they are willing to make. And it's not, these aren't just like every now and then sacrifices. Moms are constantly making sacrifices for their kids and, and uh, uh, really for their whole family. And they do it regularly. They do it often. And, and the truth is that many times they don't even get any applause for it either they don't get uh any kind of credit for it we almost uh, just because it happens so much we begin to very easily take it for granted i know that my own mom and and michelle as well have given up so much to make sure uh, that our families are taken care of well you know my my wife will just work you know, 10, 12 hours a day and then still come home. And, and, uh, when, when most guys, I think when they work 10 or 12 hours in a day, they're exhausted. They just check out. She just comes home and starts doing her mom thing right after it. And, and she never misses a beat. She never gives up and she's always there. 
And she, she, she gives up so much of her own time and her own money and her own stuff to make sure that we're all taken care of. And the truth is, is they do it in the midst of, of crazy messes and kids that are rebellious and, and disrespectful from time to time. And yet she still keeps coming back and doing it day in and day out. And, you know, one of the things that I see Michelle do all the time is, is she'll often sacrifice her, her own stuff, her own money. Um, we've been budgeting for many, many years. And, and when we budget a small portion of, uh, of money, our, we call it our blow money. If you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, that's what it is. And, and uh, for me, it's usually used on lunch and stuff for myself. But more often than not with Michelle, it's, it's spent on the kids as often as it's spent on her. And she's always willing to sacrifice and give that stuff up because she loves her kids. And and uh, that's just amazing to me. And the truth is, is that the whole process for them is is starting off with a sacrifice. So many moms are, are uh, not so many. Every mom goes through an amazing transformation when she gets pregnant, sacrificing her body for the for this kid and for her family. They endure unimaginable pain just to kick the whole motherhood thing off. It's really incredible how much they're willing to sacrifice for their children. Another thing about moms is they can be stubborn. And I actually mean this. This is a good thing. This, is a, this isn't a bad thing. I'm sure there's some bad stubborn moms out there as well. But when I'm talking about a mom being stubborn, I mean they don't give up. The truth is, is that there are so many men of God who are in ministry who are serving the Lord. So many children who are saved because their moms didn't give up. When it looked hopeless, they continued to pray. They continued to press in. They continued to ask God to to meet their kids where they were, and, and they didn't give up. It's an amazing thing. And the truth is, is a good mother believes the promises of God towards their children. They're not going to give up. So today, uh, uh, hopefully it won't be too long of one. I want to try to get through it relatively quickly so you guys can get out there and spend some time with your moms today. But uh, today we're going to take a look at a few examples in the Bible of, of mothers that demonstrate the very qualities that I just talked about right now. So let's turn to Matthew fifteen twenty-one through 28. And it says... And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord... Help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as your desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. You see, this is some of that motherly stubbornness that I was talking about. This is a mom who is not going to give up. This is a mom who is not going to shy away. And you got to imagine in the culture that she's living in right now, she shouldn't have approached a man and she was a Canaanite woman. She should not have, have certainly should not have approached a Jewish man. 
she was a woman. She was a Gentile. They didn't have the same rights. And, and Jews and Gentiles were like oil and water. They didn't mix back then. You know, this was uh, well before that Jesus and, and uh, had given his life so that Gentiles could be grafted in. They were certainly separate. But she was going to uh, endure whatever that meant. She was going to endure the ridicule. She was going to endure whatever would come her way just so she could get a chance to speak with Jesus. And she braved whatever could have happened to her physically just for her daughter who she wanted to be healed. And then it gets worse because she comes up to Jesus and Jesus just ignores her. Now, the good news for us today is is that uh, Jesus doesn't ignore you when you call out to him. But this one, it says that he didn't answer her at first. And the people around her are telling her to get away. You know, they're telling Jesus, send her away. And, and, and she persists because she wanted something better for her daughter. And in the end, because of her persistence, because of her stubbornness and not being willing to take no for an answer, not for her own well-being, not for her own person, but for her daughter, Jesus said this. He said her faith was great. It's interesting. This woman that, that uh, uh, would have been lost to history had she not been stubborn, had she not been persistent, but because she persevered, we get to read about her uh, in one of the, the, the most read book in the history of the world. This woman is read about every single day because she believed in something better for her daughter and she believed in the son of God to make good on his promise. She didn't give up. And she's not the only story of an incredible woman in the Bible. If we want to read Second Kings four eighteen through twenty three. We're gonna uh, read about the Shunammite woman and her son. And in Second Kings four eighteen through twenty three, it says, "When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers, and he said to his father, Oh my head, my head.'" And the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him, he brought him to his mother. The child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. And then she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, all is well. This woman was a, was a wealthy woman. She had an old husband and she had uh, no children when she met Elisha for the first time. Elisha's the man of God she's talking about. And she used to feed Elisha when he was passing through and she even built a room for him. That's why it says that she took the kid up to the man of God's room. She had a room set aside for him. And and for this, Elisha had asked her because of her, her, her generosity and, and caring for him. Elisha said, what could he do for her? And he prophesied that she would conceive and bear a son. And then this son who was obviously a gift of God, it was a miracle of God, passes away. We hear this story, the, the child cries out, my head, my head, and uh, he, he, he dies. And she says some interesting things here, and uh, we'll see it once more in the next verse I'm going to read, but at the end of this, they, the, the her husband says, uh, why are you going to see this man of God? It's not the new moon or Sabbath, and she just looked at him and said, all is well. What kind of response is that? Because if this was me and it was my kid, I can certainly say that I would not be saying all is well. 
But this woman begins to show some of that motherly grit, that motherly perseverance, that motherly strength. And she says, no, all is well. And if we continue reading, and uh, this won't be on the screen, but in verse 25, it says, So she set out and came to the man, ma- the man of God at Mount Carmel. And when the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, a servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once and meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain, or to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me, and he has not told me. You see, once again, we, we see this woman, she just got asked, Is all well with your child? And she looks and said, It is well. This is that stubbornness of a mother, a mother who is not going to give up for her kid. And this is such an incredible story because... You know, if, if somebody were to say that today, people would say they're crazy. They're trying to give, you know, she, she has some kind of false hope. She has some kind of false something. She's, she, she's not thinking right. She's in denial. But she didn't want to give up. She wasn't going to give up because she knew this was a child that God had given her. And she believed the word of God when he said that he was going to give her a son. And she believed that her son would live. She wasn't going to give up, not even for a second. So when the man of God asked her how she was doing, she said, it is well. And the rest of the story is that Elisha comes and and he prays for this boy and, and the boy lives. He raises from the dead. And this is because of not a mother who is in denial, but a mother who believed God above all else and wasn't going to give up. She was going to persevere and believe what God had said. And she did. And, and this is just another amazing example of a of a mother with just true perseverance and strength and that good kind of stubbornness that I was talking about. And then we have Moses' mom. We can read about Moses' mom in Exodus 2, 1 through 10. It says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took his, as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. And when she could hide him no longer, she took, him, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young woman walked beside the river. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. And she took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. And then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. You know, Moses is story. Moses is the one that, that leads uh, God's people and, uh, and, and, and helps them get free from Egypt. He's the one that, that, that leads them up to the edge of the promised land. Uh, that Moses is, a, is an incredible figure in the Bible and, and, and his whole story started with the faithfulness of his mother, with the strength of his mother, with the boldness of his mother, and ultimately with the sacrifice of 
of his mother. You see, here's the backstory, and you can read about this in, in Exodus 1, 15 through 22, but the backstory is, is that uh, the midwives, the, Egypt, uh, the, the midwives who have been commanded by the Egyptians to kill every firstborn Hebrew male, or every, every Hebrew male that was born, not just firstborn, but every Hebrew male that was born, they were supposed to be killed because there was just, uh, 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 I guess, just too many of them. They, they, they wanted them all dead. So, but what's happening is, is the, the midwives are ignoring the order and they're letting these kids live. And when they're asked what's happening, uh, it's actually quite humorous. He says, uh, why have you done this? This is the, the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? And let the male children live. And the midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. At any rate, the the male kids are allowed to live, and and, and God blesses them. Um, but at this point, they're they're told that every male child is supposed to be cast into the Nile. So so Moses' mom, she 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 has Moses, and and uh, she 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 keeps him for a little while, but then she she knows she's got to get rid of him, but she doesn't want to kill him, so she puts him in a basket that has been uh, made waterproof, so it can it it doesn't sink and it. And she floats it down the river, and, and Moses' sister, he's watching. She's watching to see what happens, and she sees Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, see the the baby. And what an amazing story! Because she doesn't want to kill her son. She watches where it goes, and then uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter goes ahead and and uh, sees the baby and says, "Man, we got to find someone to take care of it." So she she sends her servants to find a, a someone to nurse it, and it turns out to be Moses' mom. So uh, imagine this. She was, she she chose life for her son at the risk of her own, right? Because if, if anybody would have found out this, they would have killed her. But they, she she risked the, the her own life to make sure her son would live. And then she hoped that that Pharaoh's daughter might adopt him. But wow, God is so good that He even let His own mom nurse him and take care of him. What an incredible story! But we see this woman who chose the life of her son, even at the risk of her own. And, and this is uh, interesting for us because we're, we're living in a society where being pro-life is, is considered more and more negative. You know, we, we call babies fetuses just so that, that we can justify discarding them. If we don't, if we don't uh, say that they're human, then we can justify discarding them. But the truth is the moment that they're knitted in the womb, they're, they're a baby at that point. But here she chooses life no matter the cost, because this is what mothers do. They choose their kids no matter the cost. They love their kids no matter the cost, and they disregard any cost to themselves because, uh, and sacrifice deeply for their children because they love them so much. And then she made the hard choice to let him go so that he would be able to live. And praise God, God gave her a little bit more time with him to be able to, to nurse her own son so that Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter could adopt him. Another amazing story of an incredible mother can be found in 2 Samuel 21, 10 through 14. And this is Rizpah, the daughter of Ayah. It says, Then Rizpah, the daughter of Ayah, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock. And from the beginning of harvest until rain fell upon them from the heavens, and she did not allow the birds of the air to come upon them day 
by day or the beasts of the field by night. And when David was told what Rizbah, the daughter of Aiah, the concubine of Saul, had done, David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of his sons Jonathan and the men of the Jabesh Gilead who had stolen from the public square of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them. And on the day the Philistines killed Saul and Gilboa, and he brought them up from where the bones of Saul and the bones of his sons Jonathan, and they gathered the bones of those who were hanged. And they buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the land of Benjamin in Zila in the tomb of Kish his father. And they did all the king commanded. And after that, God responded to the plea for the land. So let me give you a little backstory uh, of this because you'll notice it says that she had thrown a cloth out on the rocks and she guarded the bodies of her sons. And uh, the backstory of this is because Saul had slaughtered the Gibeonites, there was a, a great drought in the land of Israel. Uh, and Israel in Israel in Joshua's day had actually made a vow to protect the Gibeonites. But in 2 Samuel 21.1, you can read about how Saul broke that vow. And because of that, there was a, 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 great, fam- a great drought on the land. Well, once David had found out what had been done... Uh, he made retribution for that sin. So in verse 6, uh, we see that seven of Saul's sons are given over to the Gibeonites to be hanged. And that's Second uh, Samuel 21, verse, verse 6. And now we're to verses 10 through 14, um, because two of these sons that were hanged were actually Rizpah's sons. And what happened then is the, the law requires that bodies to be taken down by sun, sundown and buried. But David was leaving them up uh, because he wanted to make sure that Saul's crimes were sufficiently dealt with in the sight of God. And he allowed the bodies to remain exposed until the rain actually came to the drought ended, signifying that the Lord was blessing his people again. And during this time, Rizpah, the, the mother of two of the sons, and, and also the, the rest were, were sons and nephews that were being hung there, she stood by the bodies day and night as an act of courage. And you can read, if you go back to that first uh, part of the verse, it says that uh, uh, she did not allow, this is verse uh, 10, uh, she did not allow the birds of the air to come upon them by day or the beasts of the field by night. What an incredible story of a mom who was going to protect her children, even though they had already passed. She didn't even want their bodies to be uh, uh, harmed. And even after they were gone, she still stood day and night by herself on these rocks defending her kids. This is a, a mother's love. This is what a mother's resolve is to make sure that her kids are taken care of. And we see here that David was told of what the daughter had done and uh, the, the daughter of Aya had done, Rizpah. And, and because of that, he actually gathers up all the bones and the bones of, of Jonathan and Saul and all of them. And, and he takes and makes sure that they're buried because this woman was willing to, to risk everything to protect her children even after they had passed. This is what a mother's love looks like. And then I want to take a few moments and we're going to look at Mary, Jesus's mother. In Luke 1, 26 through 31, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. 
And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You know, Mary's story and of her son Jesus is really a story of faith. It starts with faith. And she immediately begins to believe the word of God concerning her son. Luke one thirty eight says, Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it, me do- let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, at first she was nervous. She didn't know what to do. I think anybody in this situation, if you, you think about this, she's going to endure the struggles and pain of physical childbirth. She's going to take care of a child that that uh, isn't going to to be uh, genetically related to her husband. Um, they're not even married yet at this time, and uh, so she, they're not married. And she's going to be pregnant. Imagine the ridicule and the struggles of that. And that you know, in this day and age, nobody bats an eye about people living together before they're married or having kids before they're married. And and uh, but back then, this was. Uh, uh, not something that was thought of lightly and you could be ostracized you could be cast out for doing these kinds of things so she's going to have to endure the physical struggles of childbirth but also the additional struggles of a woman who's pregnant before she's married but she was willing and she believed the promises of God concerning her child and she was willing to endure and sacrifice for her child from the very beginning she says let it be done to me according to your word and the truth is, is that Mary was, was just like any other mother. Uh, many times we think that there was something unique about Mary and that she was some sort of super mom or she had some sort of superpowers to take care of Jesus. But she was a, a young girl, a young mother, just like any other mother, just like any of you mothers out there listening to this. She had the same fears, the same struggles, the same care and love for her kid. In Luke two fifteen through 19, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby living in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So the shepherds show up. And when they, when they saw Jesus, they start telling Mary and Joseph what God had told them concerning this child. And everybody who heard it was wondering what the, the shepherds were talking to them. But, but Mary just treasured up all these things. Everything that God spoke about her son, she treasured in these things. She pondered on these things because just like every other, every other mother, she, she dreamed for her kids. She imagined the things that Jesus would grow up and do, just like every one of you imagined the things that your children are going to grow up and do and who they're going to be. And she envisioned, envisioned greatness for him. And every mother I know does the same. They dream of who their kids are going to be. They, 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 they envision greatness for them. They want them to grow up and be the best that they can be. And just like Mary is going to do, every single one of you that have kids have already done or are doing it now. You're, you're doing everything to ensure that your, your babies can grow up and reach their full potential. But you know the thing about Mary is that she wasn't perfect. 
Luke 2, 41 through 46, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when they, the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus uh, stayed behind them. Let's see if I can find it on the screen here. Uh, they went up according to his custom in verse 42. And when the feast was ended and they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and his parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. And when they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find them, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him after three days. They found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Sorry, I try to read it on the screen because on my, my notes, it's all one big uh, passage of scripture. But if I read it just here, I forget to flip the screen so you can see all the, all the notes there, all the scriptures on the screen. But anyway, this is a story of, of how Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. Now, for you moms out there, if you ever thought that you were struggling or you weren't getting it perfect, don't worry because you're in pretty good company. Mary lost the Son of God. I want you to think about this for a second. This is the Savior of the world. She knows this. She just was told that she heard everything that was told concerning him. She was pondering in his heart. She knows who he is. She's got the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. This is Jesus. And she lost him. Now, can you imagine what this looks like? I mean, can you imagine the, the, the prayer, um, God, do you remember Jesus? Yeah. Um, can we have a do-over? I, I don't know where he is. I, I, I mean, can you imagine she lost her kid? But the thing is, is that moms aren't perfect. They're just awesome. Now, you know the story. They eventually find him, and, and obviously uh, our salvation is secure. She did a good job. She raised Jesus. Just because she wasn't perfect, and her track record for motherhood wasn't perfect, that doesn't mean that she wasn't the perfect mom. And that goes the same for every single one of you. Don't let anything that you might consider a mistake or a failure somehow deride you or make you think less about yourself moms you're doing a great job and you may not do everything perfectly but we know that you love these kids and you take care of them and you give them everything that you have and you're doing a great job no matter even if you feel like that you're not and remember if you ever feel like that it couldn't get any worse. Just remember, you didn't lose the savior of the whole world for three days. And also remember that your influence is never going to stop. John 2, 1 through 5, on the, it says, On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when, he, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet. You know what? If I were to ever say woman to my mom, my hour would have yet come at that very moment. <laughs> and his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, Jesus was a brave man. Not just for what he endured for us on the cross, but because what he just did to his mom. I mean, 
Had this been a, a Hispanic family, he would have got a chonkler right upside the face. We would see in all the paintings a scar from that time. He went and looked at his mom and said, Woman, what's this got to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But the thing is, is that even after he was full grown, he's a full grown man. He's in his 30s. He still listens to his mama. Mama says, take care of this. And he does. Your children are going to continue to listen to you throughout your entire life. You're going to have an influence on them. So just keep loving them like you're doing right now. Just keep giving them everything that you've got and you're going to make an impact. You are making an impact. And you have greater influence than you can even imagine. Because even Jesus was influenced by his mom. Or he may have realized he was about to die prematurely if he didn't do what she said. But uh, just keep pouring into your kids. Keep loving them. Keep being there for them. and, And see the kind of influence that you will have on them. And then we're going to end here today in John 19, 25 through 27. It says, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. You know, the amazing thing about Mary is she never left. She never walked away. She, she, she never gave up on her son. Even in the midst of, of, of the allegations that were made against Jesus, you know, we, in, in hindsight, and it's easy for us to say, how did they not know that Jesus was who he said he was? But at this point in time, they, 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 I mean, they, they killed him because they thought that he was um, doing something wrong. They thought that he was he was committing heresy. They that they believed these things, and had they done a little time studying and 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 reading the, the Old Testament and, and had a better understanding, maybe they wouldn't have made that mistake. But the reality is, is that at this point, these are pretty heavy accusations that are levied against Jesus, and she never gave up or walked away. She was there with her, uh, was there uh, with and for her son to the very end. This is Jesus on the way to the cross. And you have to ask yourself, why would she do that? And the only thing that I know is because that's just what moms do. They don't give up. They stay there through it all, thick and thin, up and down. No matter how bad it is, they love and they, they, they have a love that just doesn't quit no matter what the circumstances. And when we need them the most, they're always there. Moms, you're awesome. And I hope today that you are celebrated and you feel um, appreciated because we do. We appreciate you more than you can ever know, even if we don't tell you, even if we don't say it enough. We love you and we're so thankful to have you in our lives. And as a son and on behalf of all sons and daughters, I just want to say, moms, we thank you and we love you. Let's go ahead and bow our head. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your great love. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the love that you have for us. And Father, we just want to thank you for our moms. I just want to lift up our moms to you today. Lord, bless them. Meet every single one of their needs. Father, I pray that they would find peace like they've never had before. I pray that this would be a day that they would feel appreciated and loved. And I pray that it's not just this day that they feel this way. Moms are incredible, God. 
They sacrifice. They love. They give everything that they have. And I just want to thank you for them right now. And I just give you praise and thanks this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.